Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including OKKO OK Season 3, which we'll be talking about today. I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined as usual by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hi. Today, we are discussing the first six episodes that have been released to the Cartoon Network app, and they will be airing on TV on a weekly basis. Uh, we have today to talk about We Are Heroes, KO Rad and Enid, TKO Rules, KO versus Fink, Chips Damage, and the KO Trap. So we got a lot of stuff to cover, as you, as usual with OKKO, OK we've got, we usually got to get them in these batches. But uh, last time we talked, we covered the finale of season two, and we were speculating about when a season three would come, and it came up pretty quickly, as it turns out. So we'll be getting into what we think about this uh, beginning of of the third season. Um, I guess let's uh, go to you, Michelle, first. Uh, How do you feel about this batch? Anything that stands out that you want to talk about immediately? Well, what's your feeling right now? Season three is not playing around, and I kind of love it a lot. I don't know. Did this feel like kind of revamped in a way to you guys, just in terms of even mm. the animation or the the detail of some of the shots or just like, I don't know. Like, it seemed like every episode had a kind of like, nice sentimentality mixed with the humor or like a cliffhanger or some like really good plotty thing that touched on but like nothing felt like fluff like and i love the fluff of the show but like this this felt a lot kind of leaner and more serious sort of like all right season three like let's really go and i i really like that it definitely feels like a shift but i think it's a really nice shift um, some of these episodes really, like, freaked me out, and we're gonna talk about it, <sighs> but, I mean, yeah, I just feel like this season feels really, like, it, it's got a place it wants to go, and it's gonna take us there, and we might not be able to catch our breath before <laughs> we get to wherever it's going. I, I yeah, I, I don't know, like, this is a, this is a change, but, like, I'm, I'm digging it so far. I feel like sometimes it's hard with shows where like you you've reached like a nice stride and you're like I'm comfortable in this um but things have to change because that's just the nature of like no matter how many like seasons you have you have to keep changing it to make it interesting and this feels like a really good kind of change for this particular show so I'm all for it. All right. All right. Um Steve, how, how about you? How, how do you feel about these uh, new episodes here? Oh, I agree, Michelle. This season's definitely much more darker. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the uh, TKO episode. Oh, that my really God. That fr- <laughs> that's the one that freaks me out the most. It was yeah. not Villainous being, like, no, it was it's... that. Well, see, I, I, was I, thought, so I thought you were referring to Villainous, but okay. TKO. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That that's... elevator shot at the end just completely made it's... me lose my marbles. It's, it's dark because KO himself was implementing all that stuff. Yeah, and he's and, a good boy. And speaking of KO, I know all these episodes seem very KO-centric in this batch. Like, every mm-hmm. episode really was big on KO. But, hey, I, I liked I, all some of these episodes. I love their new designs, their new their new uniforms. Their cool. outfits are so good. Spandex was such a good idea. And a nice su- job group. And a nice surprise, though, is not only are KO, Red, and Enid, like, going on missions, but 
also Dendi's part of the team as well. So Oh my god, Steve, were you really excited about her hat? I was yeah. she looks so cute. She looks like a Girl Scout or like a someone who'd watch birds or like I don't know. She's very cute hat though. Oh, so adorable. Well, and let's give it respect. It's a beret. Yay! Yes. Good job, Dendi's hat. It's a beret. Yeah. <laughs> The beret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and one episode really stood out to me though is Ko versus Fink for two reasons. First of all, Ooh, yeah. Fink's awesome and adorable, <laughs> and I feel I kind of feel bad for her at the end. But yeah. The, but the but the big story though, it seems implying just when we thought this theory was dead that there's a connection between shadowy figure and venomous. Was and... it never really dead though? <laughs> I wanted it to be dead because it just seemed too easy because how can Venomous be his dad? Like, what? What? He's in a committed relationship with Boxman. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that would mean. And that's why I want to push it away. Oh, but I got, no, I right. got, it's not dead. For I sure got, it's not dead. I got my theory on that. I guess we can get to that later. But yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I will say as well that I, I agree with the sentiment that this definitely feels like a a, a notch above what the usual batch of OKKO episodes is and I I think it is that that like it hits uh, I I think you mentioned something about like it had already hit its stride and now it's changing this kind of feels like OKKO previously was like doing you know a walk a jog but like here it's like ground running like go even faster (laughs) and it's like it I think like the stakes feel a a little bit higher than usual (laughs) OKKO episodes um, especially with regards to the Venomous episode I, I think that this show is finally beginning to do stuff that's a little bit more villainous. And I think that definitely helps the cause of this kind of show. So I really appreciate that. And I think that with the the sentimental stuff, like there are lessons that we've gotten from this show before, but I think they're done in a way where like, because the KO is more mature now. So like, I I don't know, it feels like it hits a little differently than if you'd had the same episodes Mm -hmm. earlier in the show. That's a great point. No, because Alex, I think that one of the big changes is like every time there was a problem before it was pretty much wrapped up by the end of the episode that they would walk away with some kind of conclusion that made them feel all right. Like they had some kind of closure, Mm -hmm. but with like the Fink thing and, and like the TKO thing, like, that is not resolved. That's a lingering, mm-hmm. like, shadowy doubt that throws yeah. in your face all these moral qualms. And that's like, yeah, it's more mature. And maybe it is because KO's older. And so the show feels comfortable getting into, like, you know what? Things don't always wrap up in 11 minutes. Sometimes problems are lingering for a long time. And it's not good or bad. And it's just messy and not, it's, you know? And that's kind of great. Maybe that's part of why this feels more intense. But I like it. I'm glad that we're here. Well, like it's now. doing something a little bit different than on the usual mm-hmm. rhythm of OKKO. And so, especially if we're to believe that this is like aiming for a final season, which like it kind of feels it got gives off that vibe. But like this is the perfect way to do it. Like, like it would get, give end on like a high note and like really push your character. Now that you've done two seasons of building up your characters, now use yeah. them for dramatic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like especially the Venom 
this episode like really hits me like yeah. how, how they use their chemistry to like then like pull the rug out of you several times in that episode so and, like th- th- that all works because like you've gotten to know them and like you buy their like reactions to <laughs> when, when stuff is revealed so i, I think that because yeah. of that like this batch of episodes is pretty pretty special with uh, uh, okay ko and probably some some of the best that we've had this year so far it really says something though when the episode when Chip Damage pretty much kills himself, it's like the most lighthearted episode <laughs> of the past. Oh my god, that's a good oh, point. Man. It kind of is though. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised it took you, um, you lasted more than five minutes without touching on Elodie. That's that's impressive by you, Steve. Steve's evolving with the times. Yeah, Steve's, <laughs> everything's changing as the seasons go on. Um, but yeah, so uh, what do we talk about first? Um, like, I, I really want to talk about the Venomous episode. Okay, let's because, do it! Let's, let's just go right to the throat. Yeah, so like, this episode, the KO Trap, there's, for a while, we've, we've talked, I think on this podcast, we've mentioned that like, Venomous has kind of been softened in like, the, the and the end of season two, like we got, we got was- stuck to his relationship with Bossman, which is yeah. nice and cute it's and wholesome. His relationship. Yeah, it's all nice, but at the same time, it was kind of losing the villainous side of him that we had been introduced him with. So an episode like this comes along. Well, just like the the twists that they do, uh, very first of all, like the whole putting them in a box in the void is all like very very well done, and like you see them yeah. like trying to keep their sanity. Then you get like the first twist of them getting mm-hmm. uh, gooified, and then you get the reveal that they're all Ugh. they all experience the same thing, and then they get gooified again by Venomous, and like Venomous <laughs> is totally apathetic to it all. And, and he just, says, like, he drops the bomb that, like, not only are they clones, but they're, like, perfect clones. They yeah, yeah. have souls and all of their real-life memories. So they they are like them. They are versions of them. They have a personhood and a humanity. Yeah. And, like, at the, uh, at the same time, like, he's just so uncaring about, like, he was busy, like, playing solitaire <laughs> when they were, when they were out. Know. And it's like, oh, yeah, so that trap good. I set for you. So it's like the, the our crew is, like, traumatized by it. And Venom is just like, whatever. And they're like, that's, like, very evil-ish. And, like, the way that it all comes out, like, at the end, you get, like, the whole KO being like, I, I know we're not supposed to hate people, but I hate Professor Venomous. And you, like, yeah. and, like for KO yeah. being as sweet as he is like you somehow but you get it after like an Believe episode it. like this which is a lot more devious than the usual okko plot so it's just mm-hmm. it, it, the, the 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 tone of this episode is a lot more di- a, a lot stronger than the your usual okko I- evil person episode so that's why it just it stood out to me i was like oh okay we're, we're, we're meaning business here and like it, it pulls it off very well while still keeping in the okko themes mm-hmm I yeah. if uh, you guys uh, what what your feelings were what, going through like the the twists and turns of this episode. Mm. I mean, it was a lot. I think honestly, um, TKO rules is when I that like I think for that episode to happen, this episode makes a lot of sense. If we hadn't gotten TKO rules chronology like chronologically first, this would have been like even more of a smack in the face to what like I believe to be true about the world itself. <laughs> but 
I mean, there there are some similarities here between those two episodes, and we'll get into TKO as a mm-hmm. character later in that whole dynamic showdown. But I mean, KO's definitely taking a shift in his perception of truth and what is good and what is bad and what mm-hmm. he's willing to do. And that's kind of mm-hmm. a dark road in of itself. And I think that's like what unnerves me more than Venomous because like we knew Professor, like his name is Professor Venomous. I mean, obviously yeah. he's not the best guy, yeah. but I think like KO and Rad and Enid's like just perception of like, wow, like he's willing to go super far. Like this is no box man. This is like pure mm-hmm. evil. And yeah, mm-hmm. and then Chaos Final Takeaway, like, no, I, like, legit hate him, though. I don't want to give him the benefit of a doubt. Like, mm-hmm. that is, like, such a turn for KO, but this isn't his first turn. And I think that's what, mm-hmm. in conjunction with all these episodes, makes it so interesting. Like, oh, man, he's, KO's gonna go somewhere in this, I, I just feel. And it's probably not gonna be a great place, but maybe it's a necessary place. So... Who knows? Hmm. Uh, like you, Mikeo might go dark. He might turn. He might become know. a. You think he might uh, at least willing to at least listen to shadowy figure? I, I think maybe. I guess my my f- fear is kind of like maybe Ko is just gonna ex- accept. Maybe some people are irredeemable, and he's willing to get rid of them. Like maybe he's willing to do a murder basically mm-hmm. and and what will that do to his moral conscience and, and will that change him and will that be a bad change i don't know but i feel like something's gonna happen for sure mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's definitely a way to put i think venomous himself uses the phrase uh pushing your minds to the brink and yeah. like, he says uh, it's such a yeah. sexy way which like kind of undercuts how evil that is <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, was Venomous at his sexiest in this episode? Mm. Yeah, I don't know if he's at his sexiest, but there's something about like the way he says things when he's very like impassioned with evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do know that clip like made its rounds on social media, and people were losing their minds because they didn't know who he was. Which is like, guys, if you liked that, like you need to watch everything with Venomous <laughs> in it. He's like always on point. He's always that extra, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, a really strong episode for for Venomous, and uh, also, um, uh, uh, I mean, well, Fink gets a lot more of an episode later, mm-hmm. but I just like the the gag of her, her <laughs> the being in the toilet this entire yeah. time. The toilet's broken. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So that that's Fink's entire contribution. Well, so g- giving Fen- Venomous the full floor here. I guess the show does. I guess the show does do total humor. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they yeah. have it. Ko like chased her through a toilet or something at one point. Uh, she went through a toilet to get to the bodega, so oh, yeah. it's not even their first time touching that. Yeah. Um, also, this episode is notable for like the time that we spend uh, the most of the op- the first half of the episode is just Ko, Rad, and Enid in that bots together and like uh, dealing uh-huh. with their stuff. And on paper, like the, I, I I feel that like I was impressed by that in terms of like how like funny they kept it and uh, also at the end like, how um, how emotional it got, <laughs> of, like the seeing them goofy, but just. Uh, 
we've gotten to this point in the show where we know these three characters so well. So we're uh, at least like I'm fine with just like them hanging out, like playing hacky sack and stuff. And but also it's totally believable their reaction, like Enid <laughs> after like 15 minutes feeling like I'm bored and, and <laughs> rad crying when he has to think about where to use the bathroom. Oh like, yeah, yeah. So like even the, like all that is is set up for when they eventually do do their escape and like get duo five and all that turns. But I I was impressed by like how the first half of this episode was pretty light as well. It just does a very good job of highlighting the chemistry that these characters have at this point in the show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. Any uh, any other big big things that that uh, stood out to you from from this episode? Did you guys believe for a second that maybe Rad at least had turned into Goop canonically? Mm. I like kind of did for a second. It it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. The the second time I I did get get that sensation like oh did he actually get Goofified and we have to like re, re do like some kind of D, D uh, or like reversing situation. Yeah, but I thought maybe K would have to scoop up their goop and like find a machine that would turn them back to normal. But I kind of believed for a second that. Maybe they were goop. Yeah, it was just the the, mm. the layers of like getting goofified. Then oh hey, I found you, and then that getting goofified. And then the I know the second the time bags. I was like, either this is like legit dark, or they're just more clones. Mm. And then I was but, like, oh J.K. and poor K was mine. Yeah, I'm surprised though he. If anyone did that trick on Red and Enid, I thought he might just concentrate just on Ko. He might be the only yeah. one he really wants to mess with. He did seem particularly interested in KO, and that's why I was like, oh no, what if the laser blast thing is real? But, like, I don't want to believe that's true, but th- <laughs> it made me think about it a little more this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh- that 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 has oh that had a lot of stuff. Also, um, a quick note: uh, Enid does some witchy ritual. Uh, this is a brief yeah. of, like, re- reminder that she's a witch, <laughs> so she gets to do some uh, cool dancing, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but like, I I think like the big part of this episode is just like venomous and like the tr- the the difference in uh in tone at the end that this this one takes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, very connected to this, we've already mentioned uh, TK rules a couple of times, and I, I think that'll lead into what we think for KO going forward. Um, Michelle, what 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 are your reactions to the results of TKO rules? I was horrified. I this is I don't know. Um, I I can't believe KO did this because. Mm-hmm. He he should know that TKO. I mean, I don't think. Okay, so TKO messed up his house, and he was kind of messing up the street, and he he shouldn't have had that jackhammer. But that's like kind of how he's always been. He he isn't significantly worse than before. And I just because he gets along with TKO, I can't see how KO would reasonably assume that he was just absolved of his entire urge to to cause mayhem. That's kind of a core of his being and I thought KO was okay with that and accepted that and that they had found a good balance 
But so so for KO to be so shocked that this is the culmination of letting TKO have free control of his body, like I feel like that 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 was dull. Like KO, you should know better. <sighs> to to lock him away in his subconscious was such a like horrifying thing because like that just says so much about KO that he's willing to do that and you could see that it crushed TKO like he was on relatively good terms with him and now TKO is like really not going to trust him and there's no way that KO is not going to need him again in a fight later he's stronger Mm. with him and he knows that too so he's thrown away this part of himself that's like very important to his power level and like it's a big part of himself and like that's that's not sustainable but i think like the the relationship damage of doing that is the biggest problem and like again the episode ends with this purple elevator instead of the cute cutouts we've had the whole other seasons and that freaked me out because that is a huge statement and i i remember posting on twitter after it's like is this like the beginning of an elevator arc and i think it must be but like i don't know it just felt like so cold and so mean and like the the whole framing of the elevator like going Mm -hmm. down and the way ko was acting it's just Mm -hmm. like it's just this dread just like Mm -hmm. filled me and then the the realization like oh he's locking him down here and he might never come back and tko has nothing like at least before he had this sad little house in ko's brain which again is like really sucks and I remember talking about that before, how it sucks that he only has that and KO has the whole world. And now mm-hmm. he doesn't even have that. Like, what is that going to do to TKO? I feel legitimately bad for him. But also, like, KO made that decision. And it is not a good decision. But he's mm-hmm. going to have to live with that and the ramifications. So based on that, I just feel like, yeah, that was the first episode that me- really made me go, like, whoa, this, se- this season's not playing around what are they doing with KO? Oh my God, this is just going to get worse before it gets better. Probably. I still feel that way. Um, it, yeah, it feels definitely like KO made his big decision here. He gave away a part of his powers, which definitely yeah. handy later, but really a part of himself. And, you know, I do I kept, person. I see the reaction to is his friends. Like what are Rad and Enid going to think that KO just gave away some of this power? Yeah, and, and especially what Dendy gonna think? Because I think he has a little crush on TKO. So, oh, bring oh, that back. <laughs> See, I forgot about that. Was she into TKO? Seems so. She's always excited when um, she's curious about like the yeah. what that means for his potential power and how that scientifically works to have like halves of himself. But is she like, oh, like spiky armbands, like nice. <laughs> Does she feel that way about him? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't pick off on that, but maybe, maybe I need to go back and rewatch. Yeah, uh, I, I I will say as well that I, obviously you know that this is going to come back and probably bite him <laughs> badly in the future. I, I think it's interesting because I feel like OKKO a lot of times has uh, given the message of, hey, you should have to share with others how you're feeling and be open with your emotions. So then to do this episode where it's someone making the conscious decision to suppress a part of them that causes that has caused the damage in the past, uh, while 
in the in in the short term that may be beneficial but you know that in the long term it may come out and with more force because you were suppressing it absolutely so I, I, I am very interested to see how how this uh, how this unfolds because i i think that it goes it goes kind of against what OKKO has uh, expressed in the past in terms of like yeah. how, to, how to deal with your emotional problems, but also like it's displaying like this is a com a common instinct to something that's like a part of you that you don't like. Sometimes the the instinct is to push it down or to try <laughs> hiding it. And we will see if that ends ends up causing more problems down the line, and we'll get the lesson of hey, maybe suppressing parts of you that you don't like isn't necessarily the way mm-hmm. to go. So, but I, I'm I'm interested to see how how they how, how it goes with unfolding that because this is a, a higher concept of dealing with personality than I. TKO, the, the TKO arc has always been that, like dealing with like different sides of your personality. But this feels like another level of exploring that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the thing is, like, well, obviously that, that is going to happen the whole... I mean, if, if you push it down, it's going to come back with even more force than before. But the thing that makes me... TKO is kind of his own person, too. But he's not really allowed to make any decisions that KO doesn't approve. And I don't know, I always felt weird about how he doesn't have autonomy. And I, I do hope that's something that is given more focus, maybe, this season. Because, yeah, I mean, TKO has what makes him TKO, and, and that is oftentimes punished. But there have been moments when KO has seen that as a strength, and has been able to use that. And they've worked together to accomplish a common goal. But, like, by ruining his trust with TKO, I mean, I know TKO broke his trust, but... He's also breaking TKO's trust, and they need to be able to trust each other. So mm-hmm. even if he goes back down there and asks him for help now, TKO's not going to want to help him. Because look what he did. That is that is such a betrayal, too. So because TKO has his own thoughts and opinions and personality and is kind of his own person, I'm really curious how that's, that side of it's going to affect the story, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just... KO. I mean, TKO is a person, sort of, too. And I just, I don't know. He really got crushed this time. And I I feel really bad for him. And I don't know. Man, KO was just cold, though. Like, I get it. Like, Alex, you're right. He's in the moment. What do you do, right? If you're, if you feel like you've lost control or that you've done this thing you were so ashamed of, like, of course you'd be like, oh, I'm never going to do this again. Just like, nope, not going to think about it critically. Just never again, the end. But I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. I'm super curious where this elevator arc is going. <laughs> I'm scared, mm-hmm. but I'm really curious too. Mm-hmm. Is it an arc if an elevator just goes be, in a they, straight they, line? They, no, it is, Alex. Because <laughs> have the, you ever got, elevator got taken an elevator end. that curves? We mm. had an el- we had an Enid arc. Next arc's gonna be for TKO surprise. I thought maybe Boxman and my wildest dreams, but I'll accept this. Oh. It's gonna be interesting. Hmm. No radicals, arc, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
the season's uh, not over. Maybe we'll get one. Yeah, I don't know if we got time for Rad, but maybe. Um, I, I will say also, like, the, the, the power of animation is especially present at the end of making that creep. Because as you've already mentioned, like, the whole yeah. void, the, the void representing his subconscious. You got, like, KO drawn kind of, like, in shadow for most of that. He's always, like, behind mm-hmm. TKO. He's got his face blurred when he pushes uh, TKO out the elevator. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then at the end... The, the final shot is TKO just shouting at the at the sky with it just in silhouette, so like that that uh, and th- then it's just the end. So uh, I just want to like uh, there's a, a couple of different moments in this batch that like animation stood out, but like that whole sequence at the end is just like a good example of, like K- OKKO being over the top in its animation and it working for the fitting the vibe of of that scene so mm-hmm. just the, the, that was all re- really good at that and it helps to creep you out <laughs> with, the, with the end of the elevator. yeah mm-hmm. um, kate i mean tko follows him without question into that elevator and i mean he sure isn't gonna follow him anywhere else ever again so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's just a lot it's it's really interesting it's a really well done episode it's like mm-hmm. it's like the brother betrays the brother yeah like, uh, you you betraying yourself, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, uh, the, this uh, episode begins by like setting up that Ko is a, a person who follows rules very closely. He gets one cookie and milk after school. Maybe he wants a second cookie <laughs> now that he's know. older. Uh, and so uh, TKO complains about the rules and tells him he deserves uh, more freedom. And so he gets KO to play his video game while TKO gets control of the body. Uh, there's this whole um, the the KO is stuck in TKO's uh, um, house, and the main joke is that he gets to uh, download an update to a game. He's busy reading it, and then as soon as it finishes downloading, installing updates. So like just the, that that. Uh, cut from like yay to oh is, is very relatable in terms of uh, video gaming uh videos gaming in this universe videos game <laughs> uh tko's offenses include uh doing graffiti all over the wall feeding stray animals and letting them in the house i love that i love that there's just all these animals outside just waiting for the chance to be invited in yeah they're like little, like di- little stray dinosaurs. Yeah, they're really <laughs> cute. I mean, part of me wonders, like, maybe Tiko just likes having company in his place. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been alone down there for so long, and mm-hmm. finally gets to it, it let the animals in. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Also, um, TKO begins messing with power tools outside. That's never good to let children uh, go and, around jackhammers. And I thought it was a pleasant surprise though how nice he was with the animals. I thought he maybe was going to kill or something. <laughs> yeah, is, is feeding stray animals and letting them into your house evil? No, I mean, and the thing is, like... <sighs> I think part of why the like betrayal to TKO hurts so much is like TKO isn't being a dick to be a dick. He feels that all of Carol's rules are unjust and he's trying to rebel to show that those rules shouldn't matter. So like his goal was just like, I'm going to break as many of these dumb rules as I possibly can to like give the mom a lesson and so I feel like in his own way, he was trying to help KO out because like he just didn't believe in the validity of those rules. And that's not like, 
it, it's it's misguided, but like it's not him trying to be malicious. So again, like punishing him like that, he's not gonna know why. He's not as smart as KO. So this just like isn't this is just gonna make everything so much worse for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's an interesting read. I hadn't really thought about like what's the positive spin on TK. Yeah, because he like, reads I, that I list. He finds Carol's list of like what not to do, and I will just I will just point out. One of the rules on there was to leave this toilet seat down. I've never had like any guy who wasn't like a dad not follow this. Like, this is an important rule. Everyone who puts the toilet seat up, please put it down. No one wants to touch that toilet seat before they go to the bathroom. So if you put it up, you got to put it back down. Mm -hmm. So good job, Carol's mom, spreading the word. It's yeah. an important one. <laughs> Public service announcement of the day. Public service announcement. Put the toilet seat down, please. Man, Michelle, you're in a roll tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Am I about toilets? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and uh, in the in in the middle of that, Ko is reading a book uh, by Carl Jung, who it talks about the ego, which uh, you know that's your connection to psychological stuff going on in this uh, in this episode. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah the, the, this uh continues the this 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 and the venomous episode are both very strong in terms of their uh, tone getting dark at the end. Um another mm-hmm. one that kind of gets a little dark at the end is uh, KO versus Fink. And uh yeah. this, this one is interesting for a variety of reasons. Uh first mm-hmm. of all obviously Fink getting her own episode is is a treat because I mean Fink is usually sidekick so she gets to show mm-hmm. up. Um, we we get a whole thing with uh, Ko dealing with insecurity that he is a mama's boy, although it ends up just being like, "Hey, I'm proud to be a mama's boy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, and we get a the return of shadowy figure in terms of story. Yeah, <laughs> so this well, episode yeah. is doing a lot. Well, if Ko was a mama's boy, TK would not be in the situation he is now. That's true. If he yeah. never listened to his mom, yeah. TKO would just agree with him on everything, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I guess we'll talk about Shadowy Figure first. We kind of already touched a little bit when we were talking about mm-hmm. Venomous. But, like, basically his his contribution is he's showing up in the shadows again, and he's like, hey, get angry, bring some glorbs. <laughs> you don't forget to bring glorbs to the sewer. I love that that keeps coming back. Like, that, yeah, that, that checks out my yeah. subconscious. You would tell me to bring glorbs into the sewer three times. Oh, man. And I got my theory about Venomous and Shadowy Figure. Well, now we have to get to it. Do you okay, have to do my figure is Shadowy Figure could be Venomous's turbo mode, and he just somehow broke off from each other, and that's kind of what I guess KO and TKO could do someday as well, which is just become separate entities. Yeah, in, in, important in this theory because I think you're onto something, Steve. In this episode, Shadow Figure shows up, but we also see Venomous, but he's very tired, yeah. he's very exhausted, yeah. just at his table. He's the co-founder so, of a company, I, though. I mean, of course mm, he's tired. I, I just thought he was. I just figured the way I interpreted it was he was tired. He's trying to control Shadow Figure. He was just trying to oh, put him back at bay. He's worn out. That's the, that's the interpretation I got. But why would he need to control Shadowy Figure if they're both evil? Like, wouldn't they have the same goal? I don't know. Maybe different Shadowy Chaos. Maybe Venomous is more, um, you know, 
non-chaotic chaotic, non chaotic evil, at least evil and shattered figures evil is just like way out there, way more like evil even for him. So Venomous is more like mental yeah. evil and his yeah, Venom- ultimate version is like let's physical say, evil. Let's just say this. Venomous might be the type of villain that may just want to rule the world, while Cherry Figure might just want to watch the world burn and laugh. Okay. Okay. Uh, another theory I saw floating out there is that what if Shadow Figure is like a projection done by Venomous, where like he's oh. literally a shadow. Mm-hmm. Well, that would explain why it's so hard to figure out what he looks like. If he's just like a, a if he isn't really even a person, then of course it'd be hard to pin down who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like he's like exerting his energy to like produce a shadowy figure wherever Ko live is, is at that particular moment in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so but the, the fact that we're using shadowy figure and venomous in the same episode feels important in a way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, we we got that going on. And uh, how do you guys feel about Fink in this episode? I mean, she she's kind of a bit one-dimensional in terms of her mm-hmm. motivation, which is mm-hmm. just to show up KO for being a mama's boy. But the that's not one-dimensional. I mean, I pegged her the second she yeah. calls him a mama's boy. But what I thought was going to happen is she that it was going to be like she misses her her rat mom from the sewer, <laughs> and she's bitter that KO still has his mom. But I like that they flipped it into just like yeah, so. Venomous basically is her dad, and she, while he's established to by her presence before in, in the past, whenever anything would happen, it yeah, it's not a substitute for real bonding, and that's what she wants. She wants something with care, not something he can just give her and then go do his own thing. And I, I will say, like, you can see Venomous as being, like, just flat-out mean to her, but the first time she asks him, he's just more, like, tired than he is angry. I think, like, if he if he wasn't such a busy guy, he would totally make that cupcake with her. Mm-hmm. But he's got a lot on his plate and a short fuse, and he is a villain, so it's not going to happen. But he and- does, obviously, he does genuinely care about her. I think the lesson in this episode is when someone bullies you, it's really because they have their own insecurities totally. they got to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm surprised though. The heroes never really completely picked up on that. I thought that was what Enid and Rad were going to say when they're advising KO. Like, that's the way a bully is because they have their own security, insecurities. Yeah. Oh. It was interesting that the advice was like, oh, because. Um, Kay was saying like, "Oh, shouldn't I just get angrier and show them how much they hurt me?" They're like, "Nah, man, you just tell your friends so they can make you feel better." Like, I guess maybe the logic is like, if someone's bullying you and you tell them that they're hurting your feelings, that's just going to encourage them, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, shouldn't part of like trying to talk something out with somebody of a conflict with be like, "Look, man." That's not funny. That sucks. And maybe you don't want to do a thing that sucks. I don't know. It just surprised me. They're like, nah, don't tell them how you I really ca- feel. I, just tell your friends. I kind of want an origin of Fink and Venomous and, and how they met. And I kind of want the origin of, of why, like, Fink calls her, calls him boss and not dad or something. And why, and why, who insisted on that? Whose idea was that? I just It was uh, probably uh, Venomous. I think he just needs the boundaries. He's like, <laughs> I can't be your daddy, man. Like, But you can work for me and we can have a very close familial relationship, but titles are important. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's the one that put that on her. Mm-hmm. That seems in character for Venomous. Yeah. Uh, I just quickly want to say with what Rad, Rad said, I, I think it's more that like, you don't want to internalize something that a bully is saying about you. You should 
the trust in the people that you already trust to tell you to be honest with you about who you are and it's like and like they they say like like, sure you're a mama's boy but that's not a bad thing and so like so they're like they're putting it in a way that ko will will understand and trust more because they know him a lot better than fink knows him so it's like that's what i got from that statement well i agree like you know the classic thing would be would be like oh just like remember that the bully has insecurities and they might be jealous and stuff but like also like don't let what the bully is saying affect your view of yourself is also an important thing to to take away from that right so uh now then like after that they do like a whole love formation (laughs) like (laughs) thing just like really over the top of like loving yourself but you know so that, that's the show um and and then yeah the, at the end like as you meant like it does turn a lot more to to fink's uh, side of things and again this is another episode where it ends on like a very sad tone like unresolved issues yeah. <laughs> i love it like it, the 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 end thing just shows up when she just lays in her bed face down and just like the the, the music kind of stops it's just it's all very like melancholy so yeah poor poor fink <laughs> but honestly boxman probably doesn't make cupcakes for any of his children either but oh no it, it, it just you just feel for fink in that moment yeah yeah um uh, other uh random stuff in here uh rad is busy doing yoga poses <laughs> throughout the episode. he's doing a good job he's more flexible than i thought he was yeah, I mean that, that's how he stays fit. He he does a variety of exercises. Um, uh, he, um, Ko like goes through his whole uh, inner inner monologue. I feel like there's a lot more inner monologue in these episodes in general than we've. Ha- I mean, like I think in the very beginning of the show we did that, and then it kind of went away. But mm-hmm. now we've gone back to like hearing Ko's thoughts a lot more, so that that's uh, an interesting thing. Especially in this episode, we we get a lot more. Um, I, I wanted to, uh, another piece of animation that stood out to me was the actual fight between Ko and Fink, where like Ko gets really angry and Fink is like uh, all in. The music gets a lot jauntier. They do like power fists at each other. It's all like go in the air. I, I I think that there's been like other fights like this in the in, in the past, where like they're kind of like flying in the air. And I think that this show just does a really good job of, of like those kind of fights, and, like making them very anime style. So just uh, I, I I enjoyed that the whole choreography of that going on. Uh, anything else from, from from this episode you you guys uh, want to talk yeah. about before? Yeah. How about cupcakes? Like, like <laughs> you want to talk about cupcakes? Dude? I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing. Oh, I so um. Oh God! See the episodes are blending together, but I think this episode, when the box falls, it actually says um, "VM" on it instead of "BM," and that's just another subtle sign of the merging of the companies being mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that continuity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we can talk about these uh, about the two episodes of uh, We Are Heroes and Ko Rad and Enid together because I think that those two are very are very connected to each other. 
those are kind of like the intro episodes to this season and dealing with the, the chemistry between K.R.A.D. and Enid. They're, they're both good episodes, although I think, at least for me personally, I think they're a step down from like the top episodes of this batch, but they're still pretty good. And like, But I, I think that these uh, these episodes are giving off more uh, lessons that we've kind of gotten in this show before in terms of like highlighting what K.O.'s skill is and like working on them being okay with being unique sort of stuff but it's it's still it's still fun enough um i don't know how you guys uh, felt about these two episodes here i mean yeah. i it it felt of note to me that the first kind of musical score we get is the first musical score from the first episode of the first season oh. um and yeah. i was like what does that mean and to me, it, I kind of felt like a, a big thing the first episode was doing was just, like, taking stock of, like, all right, this is like the first episode, but everything's different. Because now, like, so much time has passed. And look where our heroes are now. They've come a long mm-hmm. way, but the journey's not over. Like, I was totally getting that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Just setting us up for, like, okay, like, uh, we've progressed a lot. But, like, what are we going to do next? And it felt like a nice kind of homage to the first episode. So I liked it. Plus, like, I honestly am really digging their outfits. I am a little <laughs> sad. They only wear them for those two episodes because they're so good. The yeah. spandex looks so good on everyone. I'm sure we'll see it ways. again. Yeah. I'm sure, you're see- I'm sure we'll see it again. I hope so. They, they got to go on more secret missions. Maybe they only wear them for their secret missions. I think that's it. They reason. only wear for mm-hmm. the secret missions. But but if they change outfits when they go on a secret mission, people will know they're on a secret mission. Then it's not a secret anymore. <laughs> that is mm. a good point. <laughs> um, uh, other um, changes that are visible in these uh, episodes. Um, Sparko is the new cashier at the bodega now. So I guess he's mm-hmm. going to be hanging around in this... Uh, episode uh, we have uh i don't know if this uh, ted viking person has shown up before maybe okay we need to talk about that okay is he dating the fox I oh definitely i I, I think they're at, le- at the very least cohabitating they, if not oh more. my god yeah. they're such an ida and i love it because she's like a scarf for him and it just works <laughs> really great mm-hmm. that's a that's a top quality couple right there what, what i say last time Watch to retire, go find someone and, you know, live a happy life. So you follow my advice. <laughs> Steven, Steve co-signs this. Yeah. Two <laughs> thumbs up from us for that pairing. I'll just say that they refer to her as Mrs. Fotsy, but that raises the question. Is she married to Ted Viking or is she like on the side? She What's just, going on? They're, they're together, but she didn't give up her last name, which is smart because that mm-hmm. involved all this legal paperwork. And they don't <laughs> tell you about that, but it's true. So mm-hmm. I think she she she's definitely with him, but she's like, no, nah, I'm not going to. I am a Foxy still. I'm mm-hmm. not changing my name, but I still love you. And they just worked it out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, Dendi has a beret now. <laughs> she, has a machine she only shows up in this in this first episode, but you know well, that's that's enough, I guess, for Dendi. I'm sure now. we'll get an, a Dendi episode later mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, in that whole intro, we get like the the whole putting up their the test of their strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. The only oh ones yeah, that I, there was a lot there, but the only oh, ones that I... I wrote down were that Enid has a weakness of chronic tummy aches Aww. Uh, and the ko is allergic to peanuts because yeah allergies exist in this universe still so 
Um, is anybody here allergic to peanuts? No. No. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, so, <laughs> You're, you could have sent us peanuts, Alex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that that'll be the the finale. We'll just eat, eat peanuts together. No, we need to eat corn for the finale. What are you saying? This is oh, a corn man. show. Yeah. There probably was a corn reference in that whole witchy ritual that uh, Enid was doing. Maybe, uh, yeah. There, there might have been something in there that I missed. But uh, yeah, so we have all that. And then K.O. Rad and Enid, it's like them fighting over needing some kind of gimmick to stand out. They like do a whole wearing costumes. There's a scene where, where K.O. goes to his house angry and like he interrupts Carol and Gar having a romantic Such sandwich. Such a teenager. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you don't understand, mom. <laughs> and Carol's such a savvy adult. She's just like, eh, he'll figure it out. She just leaves him alone to stew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, Raymond is in this. <laughs> this oh my god, hey, Raymond was so on point. Like he is pointy, but he did a really good job with his flower arms. Also, <laughs> did, did you agree with his in with his uh, um, assessments of taste in the Lakewood Plaza? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like he, he's harsh in his criticisms, but he's not often wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that includes insulting the fashion sense of the little bunny. <laughs> oh like, well, Ooh. I mean, he wasn't wrong in that because he's like, you're just like a child, but the bunny is a child, so like he's wow. still kind of right. There's nothing wrong being a child, but that I mean, yeah, they they do wear shorts. Wow! Wow! Okay. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'll say, um, Enid works the barbarian look pretty well. That that could have been an episode, just yeah. Enid being a barbarian. I I liked it anyway, um, uh, and also briefly uh, the the cactus crew was mentioned as like a callback. Yeah, a while ago. it's been forever since season one. I don't think we've heard about them. Yeah, and also the Hugh troop was referenced. I know we were yeah. talking about when Red Action is going to show up, but so so they at least still exist in their thoughts. So that they'll be around somewhere. Question: oh. Do you guys yeah. think Red Action or Elodie is going to be end game for Enid? Uh, I I will say that I think that Red Action, if if oh. there's any end game, it has to be Red Action because it, it's, we'll we'll get to the chips damage, but like the chemistry that I get from them is like they're still close friends, but they kind of drifted apart. No, now they're totally, back to being totally. But like that th- that's kind of where it is right now. So like I don't sense it really with Elodie anymore. But like Red Action, I think that that can still happen. It's always been there. Like she she went to the future for her. You don't do that for just anyone. Yeah. Now, Steve, how, how do you how do you feel about this uh, Red Action versus Elodie? Who's Endgame for Enid? Yeah. Oh, I'm not. Oh, oh, I'm. I'm I know who to pick right there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just excited though that. Um, can you preach a question one more time? Well, who who no, okay. is Endgame for Enid? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Enid. I think, is it going to be Elodie or Red Action? Ooh, it could be either way. Oh, this is my lot of tea here. <laughs> um, my thing is more of she, she got both of them. That's but my <laughs> well, you oh, can wow. In an ideal world, we would do an OT3, but we it can't would. do that. Okay, okay, okay. Now you got to put me in a spot here. Okay. Um, who do I think is better? I think they all have their own positivity that, that's good for El- good for Edith. Ellie sort of, she's more like in control. She's more like grounded, while Red Axe is more rebellious. And I think those two sides really kind of grip to each other. 
but um, I don't you know. I kind of I, I need to see more of uh, more Enid and Red Action have more episodes. I've seen a lot of Enid and Ellie of late, so that's sort of in the lead right now. Okay. All I know is, does anyone but Enid and and Rand? I mean, yeah, I'm no, just I would I'd be severely disappointed because their friendship has been built up as such a pillar of the show so far. But, I and agree. I, but and I still need that big episode would have red action and, and Elodie interact, really play a big role. Both of them play a big role in the well, same maybe episode. They will when Enid uh, and Red Action get and, married and Elodie and, gets to be and, the best and, man. Have you noticed, have you noticed, no, now Elodie has her new promotion. She's sort of the adult like authority figure. In a way, she is the the Queen Angelica of this show right now. She's more like her than she was previously, so um, Elodie is a main character in Chips Damage, and that's the yeah. last episode we need yeah, there to talk we go. about. Good segue. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but from Red Action to Elodie, as many conversations have gone in this uh, podcast history. Uh, this, was all right. this was an alright episode, though. Elodie didn't have much interaction with Enid. That kind of takes the episode down a little bit. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, I will say that this is actually the best Elodie episode, honestly. <laughs> is it? I think so because it it it, do, it gives Elodie you know motivation that feels noble for once. So that's like uh, obviously I, I enjoy Elodie being like kind of a snooty and uh, you know kind of a distance and ha- needing to be won over. That all was great, but I also like Elodie finally being like an actual hero person. Like even with uh, they do a bad decision initially of reactivating chip damage, but I like seeing her like work through that and realizing that um, she's done wrong and then like making the right decision. So all that feels that an okay. Cozy for and her. she seemed like this episode the most we see Ellie act like a little kid, which I thought was so adorable. Made her look so cute. Well, yeah, we, we see like it just it's a different side of Ellie than we've seen before. Yeah, she uh, always so guarded. She kind of tries to hide that side from her. So, and not to see is she's more loose with her her personality. She's not as guarded as she was before, and I think that shows some character development. I do love hearing her backstory about the Chip Damage fan forum yes. and how she was like the founder of the biggest one online. It's like I've met people like that over like Steven or Cora stuff, and it's so it's so real though. You you like have this idea of what a person like that would be, and then when you meet them in person, they're totally different. You're just like, oh, that was you, this legendary person in this really niche like fandom community. It's great. I love that that's a part of her backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that whole sequence was great. It's like it's very of this time, like just the whole feeling of knowing someone on the internet and like finding them in real life is like oh i talked to you already on the internet yeah. <laughs> Plus, it gives ld a little bit of like a nerd background which i also love yeah her username is damaged princess 555 <laughs> that's, that's oh. a good one damaged princess that oh. it fits and that's a very interesting name that's uh very telling damaged princess so. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, the the actual focus of this episode is that they're reactivating chip damage despite Ko's um, ambivalence oh, or as he here, says ambient feelings. Here's my it. thought, and it's, uh, here's one thought: when uh, Ko said, "Are you sure I'm the right person for this the pre-programming chip?" and the first person I thought about is, "Why don't we get Dendi? This might be more her <gasps> thing." Oh my 
god, you're so right. Dandy knows way more about the robot tech than any of them. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This actually does feel like a missed opportunity. To, Maybe to they were just looking here. at it as like a, a chip damage fan club goggles kind of yeah. like, oh, we love chip damage the most, so we have to do it. But they should have been thinking of it from a literal, like, logical, like, mm-hmm. who knows robots in the technology perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's why it was an oversight. Well, and this whole episode deals with it in an interesting angle in terms of, like, chip damage representing, like, the peak of heroism. Like, we we kind of ignore the fact that he's a robot for the... Even though, like, obviously, like, he gets introduced with that, like, the the horrifying scream and, like, his head kind of, like, popped off of his stomach. Like, at the same time, we're not really focusing on that side of it, but more on, like, what he represents. And we also have this whole (laughs) conversation with Grayman as well later about, like, hey, like, this actually worked at least for you too because it inspired you to be heroes and the 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 ending is chip damage like giving a whole speech about how you need to like lo- love the people around. i mean all well, chip damage and elodie and ko giving mm-hmm. speeches about like hey like love the heroes around you every day sort of mm-hmm. thing so it's just yeah. it very uh motivational at mm-hmm. the end even though like chip damage is just like a robot person but somehow <laughs> that wasn't really the focus of this Mm-hmm. It's what he meant as a figurehead versus who he actually is. Yeah, you know, I, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I just realized, I'm just thinking it probably more likely in it in Elodie's more endgame because they are from the same time period, so... That, that has not stopped redaction yet. Yeah. I don't see well, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if, if which is more likely, I'm just saying, which had more obstacles... Just realized that. That's just... Okay, that is true. There are more obstacles with the future ladies. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I, I just uh, I, well, uh, first of the thing, we should do a podcast tries. about about just Enid's uh, love life. Just a just complete. <laughs> okay, can we do no? Can we do like a joint podcast of yeah. like the two evil gay dads and also the gay yeah, yeah. love triangle? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For all the queers, yeah. Okay, Ko, just queer representation podcast. Yes, just... yeah, yeah. You can get so many hits. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> You guys um, handle the uh, box men, uh, you know, uh, oh, I stuff. Get, I'll handle the uh, Enid stuff. All the work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this makes an odd transition because I was about to mention how interesting Chip looks with the tight shirt and the glasses. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was interested by that look, too. There you <laughs> go. Get yourself a fan. New fan, Chip. Good job with that shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, 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 he, he has some interesting delivery there. He's like, I am a hollow man. Elodie, a real life man. Life <laughs> 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 man, such a good line. Yeah, and, and he adds with, I love you all, goodbye, and he self-distressed. <laughs> and this is, this is the episode where I most, Elodie's like, her Australian accent was most noticeable. Like, yeah. she just couldn't control her accent this episode. And all the stuff she's done between this and Shira, I'm just saying everything. Like this is the most Australian she's been. So wow, <laughs> it must have been a really fun episode to record. Yeah, oh, yeah. Elodie is uh, very, very extra in this episode. <laughs> um, is there anything else here? Oh, uh, there's this, there's a scene where like they're testing out Chip, and like Brandon is stuck in a vending machine. Chip <laughs> just oh explodes. Mm-hmm. It's like you ruined my life. So that was all. Oh. Almost murders Crinkly Wrinkly. I will say, Crinkly yeah. Wrinkly is like low key one of my top four favorite characters. He's so really. Weird. 
Yeah, he's so weird. When Ian decided to do like a crinkly wrinkly stamp for San Diego Comic Con's poster last year, I was like, oh my God, sign me up. Somehow I need to get my hands on this. There's no crinkly wrinkly stuff anywhere. No one makes fan art of him. No one makes cute little keychains of crinkly wrinkly. This is my one chance to get anything. I think he's a remarkable, weird old cat man. I honestly do. Hmm. All right. Um, I can't say I share your your love for him, but that's okay. Uh, I, I, will, I will respect it. Uh, <laughs> not the not the same like the love I have with this female love triangle, which I love, but I just can't have a straight answer for because I just I just I just created. I just don't know how to finish it. That's okay. Yeah, but um, as we begin to finish this podcast, uh, do you have uh, any final thoughts on this batch before we begin saying our goodbyes, Steve? Oh. I definitely need to see more of this Fink in her story, um, more development there. I still want Fink and Dendi episode, just to have those two interact. I still need to see that cuteness explosion. Um, and, and yes, I still want those two, three females to be in one episode centered on them, and let's just see what happens there. Let's Mayor see what... Rich. Yeah. Rich. <laughs> oh, and can you imagine, though, oh, maybe the episode... I do hope... Well, I was hope long shot that the series ends with the uh, Boxman um, Venomous Wedding. I oh no, that would that would honestly trans like I would ascend the heavens if they put a ring on it. Even if, even if they have I to be in jail, even if it's in jail, I'll, I'll that's fine. <laughs> it's in jail. That's a good point. I don't care where it happens as long as it happens. Period. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, any final thoughts? Well, now I just really want that wedding, but also <laughs> the elevator arc is real. This is just the beginning, and I'm terrified and excited, but honestly, mostly really scared of where it's going to go. And that's an exciting feeling. I don't go into this show being afraid a lot of the time, mm-hmm. so that's a fun adjustment, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. All right, and I am also very excited for whenever we get more OKKO episodes. Um, to- Toby Jones uh, put out an out uh, an outline of the episodes we've gotten so far and the expected order that they're supposed to come yes. out in. And yeah. uh, th- there are two episodes there that we haven't gotten yet. Uh, whatever happened to Rippy Rue and Planet X? So we at least know that those. I, I looked at a chart that that there's also an episode. That's supposed to take in between a couple of these episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I my guess that's a holiday episode. Maybe. Oh. maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's like a couple of uh, question marks there, and it definitely you get the sense that season three is going to be a lot shorter than previous OKKO seasons. So it's definitely a situation where you want to um, savor them while, while they yeah. last. But I think that this uh, this batch of episodes, we're all in agreement, sets us off on a really high note mm-hmm. to begin to begin this. Uh, this uh, final season so yeah for sure yeah yeah so what whenever we get another batch of okko episodes to talk about so we'll we'll be here to break them down but until then you can find out the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com you can join us on discord if you want to chat with us about okko or any other show we cover here at overlyanimated.com slash discord you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Dr. Cabbagehead. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Be- uh, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. 
Uh, besides OKKO, we've also been uh, covering uh, Fruits Baskets recently. We've uh, yeah. covered uh, Summer Camp Island, Miraculous Ladybug. Amphibia. Uh, uh, yeah, we had an Amphibia <laughs> podcast a while ago. We had uh, oh, we, we were covering Final Space. So a, a wide variety of uh, shows that we cover here. We also occasionally cover movies. We talked about Toy Story 4 recently. We will probably talk about The Lion King a little bit later. Is that animated? Uh, uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Right, what they say go 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 li- go listen to our lion king retrospective yeah. for more discussion on that i'm like, kind of su- topic i'm kind of but... supportive though i i wanted to you know, just animals no voices we don't hear you just just animal sounds let's just do a lion king version yes, that rawr, rawr, yeah. for two hours yeah yeah I... yeah <laughs> um yeah so the, all that and more you can find at overlyanimated.com but until we uh, until then we will come back and talk about OKKO a little bit more whenever that comes back but until then thanks for listening and talk to you later goodbye right bye bye bye